Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Harnessing the revitalizing powers of the red camellia flower, Chanel Research introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare. Numero un de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. Discover the collection at chanel.com. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare concentrated with the extraordinary anti-aging properties of the red camellia flower. Numero 1 de Chanel harnesses the powers of this uniquely resilient ingredient to address the five signs of aging and support skin's vitality. The complexion appears younger, smoother, radiant and revitalized. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thingortwohq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And hey, thank you to Chanel for sponsoring this episode. Bonus Thursday this app. Bonus wow. Thursday app. Yeah. Wow. What a treat. What a treat. What a treat. (laughs) Also, you know, thank you to you for bringing up an excellent topic that we need to discuss. Robes. Robes Robes for all seasons and moods. Yeah. Because we are, neither of us live in one robe. No. And I have way too many and I always want to get rid of one. But you know, it's always like the summer when you want to get rid of your winter robe and you're like, no. Well, that's that's hugely short-sighted. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Future me wants this robe. We can't do this. Exactly. I do think I I started with one robe um, Mm -hmm. because I was not a robe person in my 20s, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And I started with what is now my like breezy summer robe. Is this your Eberge one? This is my Eberge run. Which you turned me on to the reason the Eberge one, among the various reasons, but like a chief reason that it is superior is because the belt is attached. It's an attached on. belt. An attached belt. This is an answer to the question. Like it is, so the one I have is mm-hmm. short and black and cotton and it has kind of like, wide-ish mm-hmm. sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not fitted. It's not like yeah. it's, you know, it's like, it's loose and the belt is attached. They don't make the belt attached I'm one anymore. very disappointed about it. I think that the, very I disappointed think that they about listen, it. the Eberger listens to this podcast because we have developed a friendly relationship with their team. And if you're listening, Eberger, we love you. We love all of your products. Please start sewing that belt back on the robe again because here's the thing. Why do you ever not want it? on the robe. You always want it there. 
There's no reason. And it's going to get lost. I don't need it separate. And the I don't wash need it separate. Or the whatever, it's going to get separated. And then your robe is non-functional. No, I don't like it. And I don't like having Ugh. to thread it back through all of it. So the actual best comp that mm-hmm. exists that I found is from this brand mm-hmm. Skin. And it's called the Basic Double Layer Wrap Robe. And it looks like very, very similar to what I have and love. And is the belt attached? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's available to us. It's available to us in the world conceptually. Yeah. I just like, that was my starting point. How about you? You know, great. Well, actually I do know. I do know. I I was going to say, don't know, but you might've also been the recipient of this. I don't know, but post-college. So like sometime between 2006 to 2008, our friend, Justin, we would have dinner Mm, with him mm, once mm. a week, the three of us. And he had a million different jobs as one does in the years after college. And one of them was working backstage production on fashion shows. And he one day showed up to dinner and was like, yeah, there was this like giant bag of Barefoot Dreams robes. I actually don't even know for sure if it was Barefoot Dreams or if it was like a Barefoot Dreams ripoff. But it was a, the vibe of in the so, in the style yes. of Barefoot so Dreams. So I just grabbed some for you. And he gave me this... Um, this robe, it was massive because it was for models, for like supermodels. <laughs> There's seven feet tall. They had like yes. hair and curlers. And this and white this. robe yeah. that was yeah. like impossibly synthetically soft. And that was, I held on to that thing for way too long, but it was so wonderful. The best thing to put on after a shower. And it's like a teddy bear robe, if that's a yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 And it definitely still exists. In fact, I think the thing that I got eventually to replace it was this, again, an Eberge robe that they don't make anymore, but they make one called the Alpine that's very similar. It's basically like, it's like a Sherpa robe almost. And then the thing that that I want to like replace this, it feels like a really big upgrade, speaking of skin, is the Skin Sierra robe, that which I've gifted to people before. It's basically a see. comforter. Let me You've see. seen this one before because I think we've included it in news. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's quilted. Yeah. It's quilted. It looks, Ooh, and it's yeah, cotton. This one's great. It looks really nice. But like, yeah, my starting point was the big, comfy, cozy robe. Okay. So the big, comfy, cozy robe mm-hmm. was next for me, which mine is like terry cloth, thick, classic. It's the parachute Turkish cotton robe. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like a hotel yeah. robe, which I do think is like yeah. peak robe. And then I think from there, the like acquisition of robes became a little bit like the way I think about my coffee mm. situation where I'm like, well, it makes sense <laughs> to me, but it uh-huh. probably doesn't like follow a logic uh-huh. for anyone else. Because then I was like, these robes are perfect robes. There's a yeah. sp- summer robe, there's a winter robe, but then I need like a spending time in my robe robe. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's your Saturday Which is a different kind robe. of robe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's like could be worn around guests. You're like hanging out in it in a while. It's not just like the thing you're putting on like after you shower and like transitioning to your day. No, it's what you're putting on over your pajamas like before you shower when you're having a a long morning. This has become very important since having a kid because if I sleep in something totally random and then he wakes up and I got to run downstairs, it's like you throw on the robe. Bonus points if it has a pocket so I can throw my phone in, you know, like and just walk around and do breakfast and be around the house and do all that stuff. Block Shop makes robes that I think are like mm-hmm. the perfect answer to this. They're just like thin and light and like they're the right length. And I don't know, it's just like all the things, all the things. Print Fresh makes ones too, mm-hmm. similar vibe mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Like and they're wonderful. all like thin, like, but mm-hmm. kind of like starchy cotton. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I feel like also clings less to whatever yeah. else you're putting under it. And it feels it. a little bit more like you're dressed. It doesn't feel as weird to wear it in front of a guest because it's not like a clingy jersey fabric. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, why is yeah, yeah. I've been trying to push Thomas more into this like coffee in your robe mindset. Mm-hmm. Um and have it's to do a, a little bit of important. I'm actually surprised that you're having to uh like pitch him on this at all. Well, I just have to remind him that this is like an option or like you could put your robe on now. Like you mm. could this is um, this is a moment for a robe. Yeah, like uh-huh. who knows? And he has this great robe that is a wing and horns collaboration for Ace Hotel that he got like a decade ago. Um, mm. It's this French terry and it kind of looks like a boxer's robe like mm-hmm. shape. Um, yes, it does. It's great. It's perfect. Um, it, it just like sometimes if he's tr- like out of town or whatever, um, I will wear it. It's just mm. wonderful. Okay. Yeah. I'm into that. Chris never wears a robe, but maybe there, really? there's an op- maybe there's an opportunity for me to pitch him on one if you're I do feel like this one's like the right vibe. And I, okay. I do think Chris would maybe like the idea of like robe to spend time in, like a hanging out robe. To- I mean, you know, it's funny. I think he definitely wears robes in hotels. So yeah, maybe he I needs a need- hotel robe. Yeah, he needs a hotel robe for sure. He used to love hotel slippers. I would always like take them for him, you know, the disposable kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know who really embraces this lifestyle of a different ilk is our friend Nick, who does oh my God. towel time. I- Towel time. I feel like we're going to butcher all the important things about towel time and are going to get called out about it. But I'm super comfortable with it because I think people need this term and need the idea of it, which is basically just like quiet time by yourself in your your towel or your robe where you're not to be disrupted, where you're just like taking your sweet time. Well, because there's nothing more luxurious than getting out of the shower and just laying there for a bit. And just like feeling really fresh yes. and st- and being like cleansed maybe of all of like your to-dos mm-hmm. and whatever too a little bit yeah. for that moment. Let's, yeah. let's luxuriate in it. Nick's towel time is the equivalent of my running where it was like it's a non-negotiable for him before he and his wife had a child. It was made very clear that like even when he became a father, it, towel time was like needed to be protected. And yes. you know, it, that, that that's like – can't that be in French. Towel time is a priority. It's a mental health thing. It's not anything else. It's it must happen. Um, and yeah, it does feel sort of like culturally, couldn't we adopt it the way, you know, like Spaniards have siesta, for example? Couldn't we all just say, like, we all accept that though this appears to be a leisure and it is leisure, it's also a mental health requirement. And it's it's something we all do. That's right. Yeah. I love it. I have one last robe type that I'd like mm-hmm. to speak to. Oh, yes, please. <clears throat> the vacation robe. Mm. Extremely optional, extremely optional. But I have found that staying at more non-hotel situations when traveling, like in Airbnb or whatever, I miss having a robe. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, a hotel robe is like again. We've said if we've said it once on this episode, we've said it three times. Peak, peak. Um, and it's like the thing I miss most about staying at hotels. But packing like a very thin robe that's like lace or like, I don't know, something that doesn't get like totally effed up by being shoved Mm -hmm. in a suitcase. Yeah. I feel like is a nice win. I agree. I think so too. Because the other thing too, is that if, if it could double as a swim cover up, it's not as if you're just packing a robe, you're also packing a swim cover up. I think that's a great call. I think that's a perfect angle on this. Also, why doesn't Airbnb do some collaboration with designers oh, on robes? Smart. Yeah, they really should for super hosts. Yeah, for super hosts. <laughs> super host collaboration. Deuce and deuce in. Yes. I don't know. Get on this. Well, you know, I think that's a consulting gig for us, frankly. We should be Let's doing do this. it. Yeah. yeah. Airbnb, call us. Can we talk about shopping memories? Always. We want How did we get on this topic? I was How trying we- to remember too. I couldn't tell you, but I think it was some... Thing that you and I were talking about. Gosh, I, <laughs> I really don't know. But 
I think probably just because you and I do historically have a lot of important shopping memories between us and yes. want like shared ones, but also just ones in general where it feels like it's just this really meaningful, important either piece that you've bought or story from from the shopping experience itself. And yeah, it they feel like bonding moments. Yes. Yes. And as we started thinking about it more, it felt a little bit like shopping memories were just like harder to come by um, in our Mm -hmm. current era too. And that there was something nostalgic even about the idea of shopping memories. Yes. um, Let alone the memories themselves. Well, because nobody goes shopping together anymore as a hobby. I mean, you shop, I was thinking we all shop online. So the closest we come is the group text. I mean, you and I have group texts where we're just like constantly like, should I buy this? Should I buy that? And like, what do you guys think of Which this? Which color? Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. So that's yeah, like yeah. the like shopping together online. Which is but so different than shopping together totally in person. Totally different. I mean, I, shopping together with my mom was such a core part of my growing up. It was like our primary bonding activity. I feel like it's such an important part of your and my origin story of yes. like going to the north side of Chicago and going to all the indie boutiques that used to exist up there. And I was thinking that it's a little bit like going on a drive together where these conversations can emerge that you wouldn't have just sitting across the table from one another because you're doing something else at the same uh-huh. time, but it's not uh-huh. something. It's like so- cooking or something. Yes, yeah. 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 And where you're like sifting through a rack or you're like, mm-hmm. you're not staring at each other. You're not exactly. across the table from someone like yeah. meant to be having a conversation. Exactly. And so there's less pressure. You can maybe also address things that you couldn't address if you're having to look somebody right in the eye. It's just a nice, it's, you know, it's like playing cards too or whatever. It's just like this sort of passive thing that doesn't take all of your, your focus. So you can also have conversations and bond over discovery and design and stuff like that. And, um, for me, they're all like such strong, meaningful memories around it for sure. I mean, yeah, the idea of shopping with friends just, and with a parent or with friends Mm -hmm. or with, and it just feels like so foreign right now to me. Like I just can't picture the last time that I've done that. We do it on trips or like really, you know, we, every once in a while you and I sit out and say like, okay, we're going to go scout the stores in you know, X neighborhood. But when we first moved to New York before shopping was related to our job, we used to meet up and go shopping. That was our leisure activity. That was a thing. Yeah. 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 Together. Yeah. I do think so many of my shopping memories over the last decade or whatever are pegged to travel. Yes. Um, and I do shop more when traveling because mm-hmm. it does feel like more of an exploratory thing. And I do feel a little bit less, I don't know, whatever the feeling is about it, um, well, it when travel, because feel... it feels like cultural. Or exactly. Something. It's a yeah, way to, yeah. it is a way to understand the same way that, you know, going to a grocery store when you're, when you're traveling Ugh, or whatever peak, is a way. Peak travel activity. Yeah. It's a way to, to understand the culture through a different lens. Um, but yes, tra- travel, is now when I shop and give myself more of an excuse to actually buy things because I'm like, well, it's a souvenir. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it will remind yeah. me of this trip. It will always make me think of this exactly. trip. It's not just like a random ceramic I bought on the internet. It's like a thing that will remind me of being in this place. But it it really didn't used to be like that. It used to be no. that you would shop. I mean, the thing that came to mind immediately was Sex in the City. Yes. It, so many of those scenes are them shopping together and having conversations and moving the plot forward. And they just happen to be buying Fendi bags or shoes or whatever. Or betting at Bed Bath & Beyond. Yes. Yeah. And 
I haven't watched all of and just like that, but so the, and the, I haven't the, watched any of it. <laughs> the few episodes that I have seen, I don't think involved any shopping at all. I mean, it's complicated in pandemic world and what have you, but yeah, you really, you lose out on stuff. The, the other thing that I miss so much and is having shop people that, you know, that uh, like uh-huh, are your uh-huh. people. And again, this uh-huh. was like a, my mom thing. Cause she would really consistently shop at the same stores growing up, but these people watched me grow up because they were like her people. I think the idea of the shopping friend is being a little bit replaced by the idea of the errand friend or like mm-hmm. the errand date. Mm-hmm. And this came up in an Anne Helen Peterson newsletter at some point and somewhere else recently um, and how to like schedule like an errand date with a friend, which, you know, fine. We all have errands. Did she We get- all need to go to iMail and more. Like we-, <laughs> <laughs> we do. That's our main errand friend activity is going to iMail and more. But like that is a different thing. That is different. actually not leisure. That is just yeah. like, and I and I love the idea of doing your dumb things with a friend as opposed to just having to do them on your own. And it does like bring joy to it, of course. But it's like definitely a very different thing to be like, can you go to the drugstore? Can we go to Walgreens together? Because it, because it's not leisure, like you said. Yeah. And and shopping together is leisure. And I, I really, I do, I miss it. I mean, you and I still do get to do it sometimes and I really love it. But yeah, it just you know, before you could buy everything online, you kind of like had to go do it. So it became the thing. I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. um, And the second episode of the show basically takes place entirely at Barney's. And Larry David is like going to Barney's and buys a thing and then goes back and return, you know, trying to return a thing. I'm like, whatever. It's like a whole, it's like, you really could just spend like he, this man who, I mean, clearly didn't have enough to do. Obviously it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, but like this man could spend like two full days just like going to and fro Barney's in LA. That could be his life. It absolutely could be. <laughs> absolutely. You could spend so much time doing it. I was trying to think of what my earliest shopping memory mm. was. And I think my earliest one must be when I was growing up. My grandparents lived in New York and my grandfather would take me down to the Dwayne Reed underneath their apartment and let me pick out a headband. I would be so friggin' psyched about it. My parents hated it because I was picking out the headbands with like 7,000 things coming out of the top. Oh, like the curly ribbon things Mm -hmm. and like buttons and Mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know the era. Yes, I know the era. I have a picture. We'll link to it on on my Instagram that posted years ago. And it's like, it's amazing. There's like, beads coming out of it. There's um, metallic ribbon coming out of it. There's uh-huh. all this stuff coming out of it. And I think he just thought you it was You were basically hilarious. a birthday present. Yes. He <laughs> thought it was so funny. I loved it. My parents were like, she doesn't need more headbands. And um, that I remember that being something I would just look forward to so much. And it just like felt like a sweet little bonding thing with me and my grandpa. I think my earliest that I can remember um, was going to malls in St. Louis with my grandma mm. when I would like stay with my grandparents for a couple weeks in the summer. And my mom, my grandma just like really liked going to malls in the movies and like those yeah. things could be done together, which yeah. was great. And you uh-huh. could go to the pasta house for lunch and get unlimited like salad and pasta. I am too. Like and getting it was- such a warm feeling picturing this. Uh, yeah. And so she would also kind of pitch the mall thing as exercise, mm, you know, like walkers. to get out. For- yeah. It was like mall walkers for yeah. sure. But definitely we were just going into all the store. Like she wasn't like, she didn't have on leg warmers. She mm-hmm. wasn't like hustling around the, um, the con, like the, uh, the snack the course. Yeah. The oh, concourse. The, the food court. The food court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just like legit shopping, but pretending that this was like something more. <laughs> but it and was exercise. Sure. We were standing. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and there was a lot of like gap kids happening mm-hmm. and just like me try, you know, trying things yes. on. And a lot of her, her like top compliment for anything was that it's just, just darling, mm-hmm. just darling. It's mm-hmm. like just darling on you. That was I like that peak. This is a perfect example of why these shopping memories are so important. Like I, and so formative. Cause it's like, you get those sort of moments and there's, yeah. there's like memories of a person. Cause my, my mom was just telling me something similar about my grandmother and how she like, how she would say like, you look so pretty. Like just these, you know, just these sweet things. I just, there's a lot, there's a lot of like wonderful memories made shopping together. The one I don't remember, um, but that my aunt used to tell me all the time is When I was five, she took me swimsuit shopping with her. Mm -hmm. And so she would have been like 25. And I sat in the fitting room and she would try on swimsuits and I would be like, not that one. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. She was like, and that's when I knew you had an opinion about these things. (laughs) So good. Uh So good. Uh Can we talk about some of our early shopping memories together? Because I do think that that was a real basis for us becoming, taking our friendship to the next level that we both looked at shopping as like a destination thing, an adventure, not like something we had to do, but like, okay, this Saturday we, you had a car, we're driving to the North side. We're going well, to the and peaks. not just like, oh, we're going to go to forever 21 and buy going mm-hmm. out jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no. It was, it was academic to us. <laughs> Well, because we also were just going to look at things. Yes. Like it wasn't even like going to buy things. Yeah. It was like going to see things. See what's there, which is still the case. And I it's very yeah. much the case. You just want to see what's there, which is we just feel that, really strongly about yeah. seeing what's there, just That's knowing exactly. what's out there. Yeah. Oh my god! Even if it's a bad story, you just want to know. Yeah. Like I said, what's academic. It's anthropological. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I want you to talk about the tie skirt mm. that you bought. I wish this I was could, something you did purchase. Yes. I wish I could remember the names of any of these stores that we'd go to. They were all on division, right? Yeah. Like P45 was. Yeah. yeah but that was like, it wasn't P45 would, was chic. This was, yeah, yeah, this was not that. This was, uh, <laughs> no. no, this was a skirt made entirely of silk ties, men's silk mm-hmm. ties. And they were mm-hmm. all sewn together. So you can imagine it sort of like naturally flared out because ties get mm-hmm. Wider at the bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was all the waistband was also made of a tie, which why wouldn't it be? And then so they were all held together by this tie waistband. And then a crystal brooch was the um Mm -hmm. was the button. And I remember you just being like, it's really special. You have to get it. Like (laughs) it feels like in retrospect, like such a pen 15 moment of like it's just taking ourselves so seriously. And like me trying it on and being like, wow. And you were like, really very serious. You were like, I mean, it's really special. And to be fair, this thing was beautifully constructed. Okay. I believe it. I believe it. Beautifully constructed. And I remember I wore it so to MC this fashion show that I helped produce on campus. And there's this picture of me. It still exists somewhere on the internet wearing this theory tank top and this silk brown or probably not silk, shiny, let's call it brown H&M <laughs> like cropped blazer, like half blazer uh-huh, that ended uh-huh, right uh-huh, under uh-huh. my boobs. Like a, um, like a, uh, circus. It's like, yeah, a circus like a bolero leaders. type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bolero is actually the term. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then shiny brown metallic, or no, like a new metallic Steve Madden pump, which was my shoe of choice in college. Yeah, I can and picture it. Yeah. yeah. And I just, 
thought that that skirt was so special. It screamed fashion. And I'm, I did too. I clearly, <laughs> I am honestly disappointed that I don't own it anymore. Cause I feel like at this point, it's just a memento. I would never wear it again, obviously, but I do just wish I still had it. God, I, I would like to see Cam in it, to be honest. Like, <laughs> and I'm is- sure Cam would too, would also love to wear it. He would love to. The other skirt I picture, and you didn't buy this one, mm-hmm. but we were at a Benetton store and it was like this corduroy patchworky floor I, length, like, but like patchworky in a Benetton way. So you can like picture like what all of that entails. I also remember, I, I didn't remember this at all until you put it in the show notes. And I was like, what is she talking about? But I remember we were in, like you said, it was like the mall that was attached to Nordstrom in Chicago. And there was a Benetton store and we hadn't seen a Benetton store in so long. And so we had that feeling of nostalgia <sighs> of like, God. oh, a childhood brand. We've got to go in. Yeah. Maybe they have cool stuff now. Like ever ones for the like nostalgia revival. We were like, definitely there's something in Benetton we want to buy. Absolutely. And so you were like, this skirt's interesting. Like, let's see. And you tried it on. It was like ankle length. And you stepped out of the fitting room and you go, at the end of the day, you're another day older. (laughs) Just immediately. Like, there was no pause for like, it's not right. Like, there was no anything. It was just, and it was, it was just a perfect moment. Erica, I used to be so much fun. Like, why was I singing show tunes in the dressing room of Benetton? <laughs> like, and where and what happened to that part of me? I want to well, bring you it back. Well, you were 21. You were yeah. 21. Yeah. You know, I do. Yeah. When you said it, it all came rushing back. Like, I was like, yes, I belong on stage in Les Mis in this skirt. <laughs> <laughs> the time where I remember you giving me a hard pitch of like, you must, mm-hmm. um, with I have to say is so much more timeless and classic and unembarrassing. So congrats to you. Um, It was a black DVF wrap dress, like the classic black DVF wrap dress. Uh It was on deep discount at Nordstrom, like 80% off. Mm -hmm. It was so much more money than I was spending at 21, like Mm -hmm. still, Mm because we were shopping in H&M and Zara, like actually shopping. Yes. But you made it an like an extremely strong pitch. You mm-hmm. definitely invoked your mom of in course. this. I always And do. like Barbara Mazur has DVF wrap dresses for that she's had for 30 years. Or like She does. Some... She had the, I remember she saved the one that she wore to her sister's wedding and I wore it. So I was like, yeah, you got it. This is classic. You'll have it forever. I mean, I, I still have it. I still wear what? it. I wore it to a college award ceremony. I wore it to job interviews and to funerals. And here, here is like maybe perhaps a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. I super endorse having something that you always wear to funerals, like because you should never th- have to think about that ever this in your life. This is a very smart tip. Very smart tip. Because I have you, spent way too much time thinking about it many times. Never do it. Just like yeah. have the thing that you can wear any season and just feel like good about and fine about and bonus points if it's something that you haven't just worn to funerals. So mm-hmm. it's not like just this like sad funeral, funeral thing dress. hanging in yeah. your dress in uh-huh. your closet. Yeah. yeah. No, I um, love that. I remember I remember that perfectly. I can picture the I dressing I can like see rooms. where the dress is on the rack. Yes. <laughs> I can picture the cream colored carpeted dressing rooms with the slatted doors, long corridor, like hallway of these dressing rooms and standing, looking at you in the mirror and being like, you ha- I'm sorry, but you have to. Like another really core college shopping memory for me is the day freshman year that I woke up and realized I needed to break up with my boyfriend. And this was like my first real boyfriend. So it was my first real breakup. And I just realized I wasn't into him anymore. And I was so sad about it because 
Mm. didn't want to hurt his feelings. And I remember just being really sad about it and crying, crying, crying. And my roommate, Carrie, who's just always been a bit of a jock, was like, we have to, let's go to the gym. It'll make you feel better. Like, let's go work out and make you feel better. And I remember just like, basically sitting on the mat in the gym, like crying and moping while she did the elliptical or something. <laughs> and like just being, the gym was not Being it. like, this is not doing it for me. <laughs> this is it's not, not working for me. <laughs> and then we went downtown and went shopping. I remember I bought a black Kenneth Cole purse and sat God, down. I loved Kenneth Cole. Oh my God. Uh, Kenneth and Cole all reaction? the like activism, like. Oh God, yes. Marketing. Mm-hmm. I loved it all. Oh God, it's great. Cool. So embarrassing now. Can picture the exact purse, like very small shoulder bag, rectangle, top zip, logo embossed on the outside. And we sat down to eat at the Asian chicken salad at Grand Lux Cafe. And I immediately started crying again. And it dawned on us that I'd not been upset at all while we were shopping. And as soon as we stopped shopping and I sat down to eat, I got upset again. And that was the first time I was like, whoa, okay. Like really understood the role that shopping and retail therapy played in my life. Cause I was like, oh, I just cured myself for a good three hours while we shopped. And, and that, that was it for me. And I was like, oh, and, and to this day, I'm like very clear to me, the shop that that continues to be a coping mechanism for me. Oh my God. The shopping memory of yours that I think about the most, or I think, no, mm-hmm. not even that I think about the most, I think like impacts my life the most. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is your, is your like espadrille uh-huh. saga. Bloomingdale's was like a core stop on my mom and I, my mom and I would, we would go to New York on the weekend, see my, stay with my grandparents and we would shop on Saturdays and Bloomingdale's was always the first stop cause they lived right by it. And, uh, I can remember the Bloomingdale's sale shoe rack and they had espadrilles and my family had recently been to Spain and I thought that espadrilles were it. And the shit. Yeah, shit. And I was just like, nobody else is wearing these. I'm so into them. And there was this pair of DKNY espadrilles on sale. God, Erica, I can picture them perfectly. Like a black floral um, cotton print. So good with the ankle They still sound good. I'm sorry to tell you. I know. I would wear them now. I know. And for whatever reason, my mom said, okay, let's go do this and then we'll come back and get them. And they were gone. And I have never forgotten it. I remember her look of just like guilt and just uh, she felt awful. And yeah, I think that that's influenced my trigger happy scarcity mindset <laughs> shopping habits to this day. I think that's exactly right. You know, I Thomas and I were talking recently about how it feels like parents of our generation are so stressed about the things that they're going to do that are going to like create trauma for their kids mm. um, and are just yeah. like obsessed uh-huh. with like preventing trauma and yeah. like preventing these things. You just never know what it's going to be. <laughs> You know what I mean? You just like never know what's going to create the trauma because you never would have fucking guessed as a parent that it was going to be these DKNY espadrilles. But tell you what, there's a scar. Yeah, there is a scar There is a scar somewhere that will never heal. God, it's so true, Erica. It's so true. You just can't worry about it because you don't know what it's going to be. You could never It's going to be DKNY espadrilles. Yes. (laughs) And you never can plan for that shit. God, it's true. Great point. (laughs) I feel like shoes in general are just for what I, I don't know why. Like I cannot explain or understand what it is about shoes. Well, they're like bigger investments usually, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. I guess. I don't and and I do there's they're always such sort of like say a lot about you, right? The shoes that you wear. And yeah, I guess. I really remember your purchase of these Alexander Wang booties. Oh my God. I was obsessed with them. Definitely saw them in a magazine. 
they were an exclusive for opening ceremony. They were like way too expensive. They were five inches high. I think they were like also probably the most I'd spent on anything at this point. Sure. I was probably like 24. Mm-hmm. They were five inch high platform, like open toed booty. Mm-hmm. This was when an open toed booty was happening. And I decided I need to participate. And they had fringe, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Like full fringe, like yeah. down the sides. I definitely went the day that they were released. Definitely like called the opening ceremony store to find out when they were going to have them. You had been planning ahead of time. I heard about the booties before I ever saw the booties. Before you ever acquired them. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Because I was, it was also like during peak Alexander Wang or like Mm -hmm. that, that peak rise of Alexander Wang. And there was like pride and relief when I bought them. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh, like, yes, fucking did it. Like, yes. it's like getting the concert ticket or mm-hmm, like whatever mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I managed to pull this off. I definitely wore them to work at some point, which <laughs> like I had a job where you could kind of do that. But like, well, also mm-hmm. you were like, had to do a fair amount of walking just to commute to work. I walked to work every day and it was like a 15 block walk in five inch platform open toe booties. Wild. Wild. It was an era where like walking in a heel was like kind of a normal thing to do. I do not know. I think I will always own them. Even if I never wear them again. Learn learn my, you know, I got rid of that tie skirt. Never should have done it. Don't get rid of those booties. God, I just, I also do think that like opening ceremony in general Mm -hmm. was like a real spot for this for me. Like I feel like I could list everything I ever bought there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Thomas got this opening ceremony by Uniqlo, or like for this Uniqlo for opening ceremony suit there before Uniqlo was in the US, which was like also a thing that I definitely knew was coming and being like, we're going to go. Because it was also like, it was so cheap. I can't yeah. remember because it was a, it was Uniqlo. Yeah. Um, but it was like it's linen. He still wears it all the time. I remember uh, you you hits the suit he wore to a wedding that you went to recently with him. Oh, he um, looked great. Yeah, he still wears that suit all the time. I took my mother in law there, like it was a goddamn museum when the first Suno collection came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I and remember it was this. made yeah. out of those like East African congas, and mm-hmm. it was yeah, like yeah. such a thing. Because she's yeah. also because she's a scholar of that. Oh, yeah. She's a Swahili professor. Yes. Um, So this was hence it feeling like an academic excursion. Yeah. It was like, you must see what is being done (laughs) in the fashion world with these things. I've been shopping with your mom multiple times for sure. (laughs) A bunch. But I've only been shopping with like your whole family once, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, (laughs) Are we, was my dad included? Well, was your dad on this trip? I I don't think he might. You think he was? Where would he have been? I not like did, probably didn't even come to New York. Okay, maybe. Okay, maybe it wasn't your whole family. Okay. Maybe Steve bowed out, but everybody <laughs> else participated. Yeah. It was you, your mom, your brother, and I. Uh huh. Uh huh. And my mom decided that my brother really needed new jeans. Mm-hmm. So we all went to Barney's. Why? Why? In what scenario was I like? Did I call you up and I was like, my mom and my brother are going to be in town. Do you want to go shopping with us? Like, did how we did we go that... to lunch first? Did we? I I that don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Claire, I couldn't tell you what the setup was, but I do all know that it <laughs> that the that the that it peaked when we were all in this like fitting room or like in a room <laughs> with your brother trying on jeans. We went to I remember, I remember perfectly. We went to this was before they redid co-ops. So at it, Barney's. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So we're at Barney's top floor in co-op and he's trying on jeans and the three of us are sitting outside the dressing room on a bench or something all watch it. So he comes out and I just remember my mom going without any sense of it being embarrassing or weird, (laughs) just goes, turn turn around so we can see your butt. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like, yes, there had definitely been a time in all of our lives where my mom thought that my brother and Erica should be together. But that was not this time. And that nope. was not what was going on. Nope. It was 100% my mom just being like, we need to see your butt in these jeans in order to make a decision. So please turn around. Yeah. Objectively, we can't, like, there's just no yeah. way for us to objectively decide if these jeans are right without you turning around. <laughs> why? Why did this even happen? Why were you shopping with us? Like, (laughs) I have so many questions about it. The other thing I just remember about that day is that Penelope, we saw Penelope Cruz on the elevator. And I I feel like it was maybe Peter, your brother, who spotted her and was like, was that Penelope Cruz? (laughs) And I remember it being after the Jean incident had happened. And I felt like it was the thing we needed to like diffuse the tension of what had just happened and for everybody to recover from what had just taken place. It was like, thank God we all just saw Penelope Cruz and got something out of this. Oh my God. Yeah. God. Mm -hmm. Can we go back to shoes for just a minute? Please let's. Because I do, I really don't understand why shoes are just like so core to this, but they are because we also both have really strong Doc Martens memories. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me yours? Yeah. When I was 16, my family went to Europe for the first time. And I was thinking it was like also the first time that I went to a Zara. I still have a Zara tank top from that trip. Stop. Um, Why? Is it a good tank top? Because it's like a weird, I mean, it's like a good little undershirt Tank, like spaghetti strap tank top. Claire, I don't know. Why I know I what you're They've talking to- about. Also, like randomly, sometimes the czars and H and M's of the world will make something high quality that lasts 15 years, and you're and like, you can't well, understand. Yeah. It's like why this particular one thing. Yes. Also, this was like a different, like a different era yes. of that brand mm-hmm. for sure. And when we went to London, I was like on this mission to buy Doc Martin boots at the Doc Martin store, and like this was like right because like this. so yes. iconic, so perfect. Yes. And for whatever reason, I decided I needed like purple ones. <laughs> like heaven forbid you getting know, good the for like you, classic. Though. Good for yeah. you. I think I just wanted it to, I think I wanted it to be like clear that they were special yes. and that they weren't just something that came from the mall. Mm-hmm. And that, like, Because you were not like, getting purple Doc Martens at the mall in Peoria. No, you were not. You absolutely yeah. were not. I really, I wish I still had them. I don't. God, the other thing on that trip that was like, the big thing that, and I was like maybe even like more obsessed with doing was going to a Lush store. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with Lush. It did not exist in the US. God knows what version or like what scheme of the 1998 internet got me (laughs) to Lush, but I can picture the Lush website. I think there was like a butterfly cursor with flapping wings. Wow. Also advanced for their time advanced, but also one of those web pages that because it had a butterfly with flapping wings, you would like click enter on the URL Uh and then you could go like microwave yourself some popcorn (laughs) and come back before it was loaded. Incredible. Also impressive that both of these brands are still around. Right? I was was so obsessed. And I remember my brothers got me a gift certificate to Lush Mm -hmm. before, like during this time when I was obsessed with it on the internet. That's so Um, nice. I'm certain it was the work of my youngest brother who was like a 12-year-old uh, eBay savant at that time. So it like definitely was like, I'll figure this out. Like so whatever. so nice of a 12-year-old boy to do and thoughtful. Yeah. He's a good gift giver. He's a very good gift giver. It's really. Yeah. So I definitely like then bought something off, you know, something mm. off that like, inter- or like from a catalog or whatever and paid an exorbitant amount for shipping. But this was my first chance to like go to the store and it was everything. Was it I everything hoped it you hoped it would be? Absolutely. I love it. The reason that the Doc Martin, my Doc Martin's experience is seared into my brain is I was shamed for a shopping habit that I still 
uh, possess, which is indecision because I could not decide. I'd had the plain black three hole Doc Martens, like the low ones. And I had maybe had them for a couple of years and I was ready to graduate and do something a little riskier, which in my case was not purple, but I wanted the Mary Janes. Mm, But I couldn't decide between the classic Mary Jane or the kind that has like the two arches. And I don't know what the the name for that is. An M. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was at some shoe store on Broadway in Soho and I was just deciding, deciding, trying on one and then the other one and then the other. And I can just remember the guy looking up at me from the floor, giving me the shoes and going, lady, it's a pair of shoes, not a BMW. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pair of shoes, not a BMW. And I just remember being like, great. Now I'm racked with indecision (laughs) and embarrassed. (laughs) What did you go with? I think, I believe I went with the traditional Mary Jane. I think. It's weird. I can't remember because I guess this just clouds the entire memory. <laughs> the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all completely irrelevant. And I would, uh, I, you know, now I want the two hole one. And as I was trying to I figure like out the two what hole the one now, now yeah. as I, yeah. I was trying to figure out the name for it, I Googled and was reminded of the Come Dig Our Song collab. Claire. That came up and it looks so good. I, yeah. I look at those, I look for those regularly, but they're not very viable to find anymore. And also I just, I, I guess I, yeah, I think I guess I'd wear them. I don't know, but they do look great. They look really good. They look good. so good. Yeah. They look so good. Something we were talking about or thinking about is just that it's just like part of what's hard about shopping memories now is that it's just like it's very hard to have a memorable shopping experience on the internet. It really is. I mean, it, <laughs> no matter how much thought somebody puts into their unboxing experience, it's just not the same. It's not the same. And it's like something we certainly attempted to do at Of A Kind yeah. and like worked at with, you know, content and storytelling and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, the designers and the kinds of pieces and limited edition and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's just a different thing. And I feel like the thing that gets closest to it is like the online auction. Yes. Moment, especially sort of like vintage or one of a kind shopping yeah. in general. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, like we're poking around Etsy can still feel like something. Like you discovered like, something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, going on eBay when it was like it actually auctions and you were actually waiting for mm-hmm. the auction to end. That felt like a memorable shopping experience. I bought, do you remember when I was like shortly after we'd moved into our place and I needed something, I guess for like a coffee table or something. And I was looking for, I was looking through the online auctions for something. And I bought these little ceramic pairs on everything but the house, EBTH, uh-huh. which is an auction site. And I was just really charmed by them. There were three of them. They're blue, green, and like a darker blue. And I was like, yes, this is like the perfect little centerpiece for our coffee yeah. table. And I just thought that they were pear sized. And I think I didn't put a ton of time into them and they weren't super expensive. And then they arrived and they were the biggest ceramic pears you have ever seen. And I was just, they're like more like an installation. They're art pieces for <laughs> sure. I laughed so hard. And I think that that's why the memory of it is so good and so strong because I opened this box and just laughed my ass off. <laughs> like, you idiot. Of course you didn't read the dimensions. Like, But I, I understand the logic of being like, they're pear-sized. Yes, they're, pears. they're pears. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, the yeah. freaking massive pears. <laughs> and so also every time I see them in my house, it just makes me so happy that I was so dumb and like bought these huge pears that are comically large and like <laughs> funny in and of themselves. It's perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. Curious to hear other people's thoughts. A, want to hear your good shopping memories, but B, also thoughts on why shopping memories are like so formative and important. Yeah. Slash are they? I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, listen, it's complicated. Consumption's weird and problematic in a lot of ways, but there's stuff there's, I don't know. Oh yeah. Listen, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, We all have to consume things, you know, I mean, (laughs) that's just the truth. (laughs) That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. 